like we always do about this time. Show that caffeine. Doctor tell him I'm sick, need the vaccine. Call him top shotter. Down at Fiji drinking copper. It's nothing to push your bands like Spraga. Rhea, she can tell you. Smooth like a smooth, real soon. On his heads like V. Dowsett soon. Don't be a baboon. You freaking monkey. Going apes for this bread as bananas on me. Eight shots to Ron C. They gon' see you in a minute. I'm popping like a Xanax. Watch me like a Zenith. Menace, but only with this rap thing. Get it. Live it. Goons get the simmon. Rep to go so I get the ribbon, thing go brr, 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 that's my money machine. Excuse me, Martin Luther, hey, I'm living my dream. Just in a different world, you can call me Kadeem, oh. I'm about nothing but cream, oh. Kids told me rap belong to the team, oh. West Coast, nothing in between, oh. But me and her legs, so drop dead. Heard what I said. If you ain't rocking with the coast of Watt City, uh, off with his head. Now I'm to the bank laughing. Kanye love it, how I'm in my car dash. On my car dash, she is standing horse. My Ferrari is. Hey, they sleeping on him. I'm Captain Z's Bugatti Lambo, ishing on him. <laughs> Lucas Cash on sticks, don't matter anyway. Hey, we run this. <laughs> AM Caffeine Morning Shows in the building. Yeah, yeah. It's your boy DOC. Smooth D, man in the boards. DJ yeah. Q Nice on the ones and twos. <laughs> uh, Portia Coleman, my co-host, isn't here because, uh, once again, if you are uh, a follower or uh of the AM Caffeine Morning Show, you know that Portia Coleman is doing way bigger things than the rest of us. Way oh, bigger. Oh. So Portia Coleman is in a new movie with uh, Jamie Foxx. And she had some some press crap to do. Like she thinks she's all bad. I thought you gave her pink slip, dog. That's what I thought. No, no, that was that was for you. That 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 uh, Porsche is still well, here. Well, damn. Yeah. <laughs> so um, no Porsche Coleman today, but it's all good because we have man. Oh man. Yeah. Let me adjust my situation because this right here ain't no punk right here. What I what I, what you got going on today, That's right, dude? That boy. As I said last uh, Friday, boom, that today we were going to have a very special guest. Now, and, you, you know, you use the I use the word I really mean special. But today I, I'm looking for a word that uh, is bigger than special. It, it, the guest that we have today, man. Extraordinary. Hey, here we go. Hey. I love it. Hey. Extraordinary. Vocabulary word of the day. Extraordinary. <laughs> to have a guest with uh, 
that has done so much for rap music has contributed so much to the hip hop culture and to be the first, like to say that, you know, you're the first rap artist to ever go gold. Like to say the first Mm. is incredible. I was 19. What we have today, (laughs) we have, Rap royalty, dude. I think that's better. I think we have rap, rap royalty. royalty. And because we have rap royalty, it's only right that we have this type of music. It's, this is rap royalty yes. today, dude. Yes. I am not playing when I say the guest that we have today is definitely one of the pioneers. Pioneer. Of rap music that we know today, the one and only Curtis Blow. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Say what? Thank you very much. Do you understand, Curtis Blow? What an intro! Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) (laughs) that is what you call an intro, Curtis. Oh man, golly, this is such an honor and a privilege. And I got a chance to meet Curtis a few years ago, man, at, at some things that I was doing and, and, and we became friends. We have mutual friends. But of course, I've I've been a fan like everybody else who who understands what rap is about. And to have you here, Curtis, is so is so monumental for me on a few different reasons. One, first and foremost. The fact that you're here alive, man, means so much. Yeah. Like, yes. yes, indeed, indeed. I know that you had a, there, there was a little medical scare not too long ago, and you can get into it if you want to. If not, yes. that's okay. Yes, yes. And we will. I saw it. I I, I don't know. It was, it was on the news. I think I died. And I was like, oh I, I text him, and, like, are you okay? And he didn't hit me back. I didn't expect him to, especially if he's in the hospital. <laughs> get to me when you can, Curtis. Just get the hell up out of the hospital. I had a lot of calls. I, had a lot. I know you Whoa, did. So did how I? are you feeling today, Kurt? I feel great like it never happened. Actually, folks, I went into cardiac arrest. I'll tell you the oh, truth. Wow. Uh, I died for five minutes. What? <clears throat> My heart stopped. I mean, it's worse than a heart attack. I mean, they they got all these news reports out there, and and and, and I love you, LAPD. But but but, look, I was not standing at a bus stop. Right, right. <laughs> First and foremost, you know. Um, and then there was no fight between me and my sons. Uh, there was an altercation between my two sons, and I was trying to break it up. The police showed up and tried to arrest me. I passed oh, out. What? That's and, the real. And that's the real. That's my heart stopped. And, and um, you know, the medical reason is because of low potassium. Okay. And um, it's, it's very important that I get this out there because potassium is a silent killer. And uh, it's the electrolytes in your system. Okay. Electricity. Mm-hmm. Right. Makes your muscles work, makes the blood flow. It, it, your heart is a muscle, so it, it makes your heart beat. Right. And uh, it's um, in your system by food, you know, different kinds of food. We all know bananas. Bananas. I hate bananas, But that's the 10th 
thing on the list. You is it? A, you need a hundred bananas to to equal one avocado. Wow. Right. Really. I'll do some guacamole now. Don't get it twisted. Guacamole. Wow. Dang. Avocados is top of the list. Is it? And wow. then you have white beans. You have mushrooms. You have spinach. Mm. You have yams. Right. Coconut water. Great. Great with electrolytes. Wow. And so all of those things should be in your diet. Um, and um, you should regularly go to the doctor and have it checked out especially if you're over 40 right because potassium is something that you cannot um uh test like high blood pressure go to the you know drugstore and put on the cuff and check mm-hmm. your blood pressure or your diabetes swab you know take a little blood right and right swab. you can't do you that got, for potassium you can't you have to go to a doctor and take a blood test and they have to run a lab test on it wow and 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 you need to do that periodically i say you know three, four, five times a year. Mm-hmm. If you're over 50, go every month. Wow. Yeah, it's it's important and it is a silent killer. killer. And it's a silent killer because we can't test it and we don't know that much about it. So Right, right. You know, I'm here to open your eyes to, to that. Yes. Well, and um, let everybody know through the grace of God, I'm here. That's right. Indeed. God... Spirit That's of my life. That's what I'm talking about today. So Curtis thank you, LAPD. Blow. Thank you, paramedics. Thank you, West Hills Hospital. Thank you, my son Mikey, who was there and 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 pleaded with the police to call the ambulance, and they hit me what? with the bop gun, and I came back to life. Right? Wow! So I want to thank everyone involved. I thank my wife for her prayers. She actually has some healing hands and. I am a walking, living testimony, testimony. Wow. of the power, awesome power of our God that we serve. AM Caffeine Morning Show. Curtis Bowe is still here, dude. Praise the Lord. Absolutely. Praise Absolutely. Hey, yo, Doc. Yes, can sir. I, can I say this really quick to the, to, the, to the legend really quickly? Please do. I first met Curtis Blow with a good friend of mine named Jeff Tite in a singing group called Smooth Approach. And mm. we actually had breakfast at your spot up in the Bronx many moons ago and it is such an honor mm-hmm. and a so, pleasure to have you here and to see you so so great to see you lot, oh, man. my pleasure my pleasure so Curtis Blow man put some cheese in those eggs <laughs> <laughs> um wow there's so much to cover your, your just just your career and your all the things that you've done from on an iconic level from 1980, Curtis, mm-hmm. to now we're talking about 2017. Mm-hmm. When you first were getting started, did you have any idea how big rap music would become? And did you mm-hmm. think that you would do it for as long as he, for your life, basically? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I hate to brag about this, but people, you know, have visions and you know, to be a visionary and know that something that is fresh and new and exciting uh, is about to take storm and you're about to ride on this wave is something that I knew way back in, not 1979, when Christmas rapping came out, way before that, 1972, when I actually experienced the music during that time and how music changed. And I, I knew that this thing like DJing and B-boying, going down to the floor to James Brown records, and cats would go out 
and do graffiti in the middle of the night in these train stations and 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 just um the way the microphone and how we just excelled and evolved into some real great oratory people. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I, I mean, like, you know, just back then I knew it was something special, something that, that was going to spread around the world. And I banked a career around that. I said, I'm going to do this. It was no B plan. Like, this is what I'm going to, I'm, this no, is my definitely. A plan and this yeah, is what it's no, going to no. be. No, I went to college. I went to CCNY. City College of New York, where I met Russell Simmons, but there was a guy, I was chasing him. His name is Reggie Wells. I just talked to Reggie Wells yesterday. He called me up. And um, so Reggie Wells is one of those DJs that was, um, you know, around in the hip-hop era. Right. Uh, the early, early hip-hop era with DJ Hollywood and Eddie Chiba, Love Buck Starsky, Cool Herg, Africa Bambada, Grandmaster Flash, Funky Four, Furious Five, Trash, Crash Crew. <laughs> The Treacherous Three, the Co-Crush Brothers, the Fantastic Five Crash. I mean, Fearless Four, all these cats. There was a whole slew of groups rapping and singing and breakdancing and DJing throughout New York between the years of 1973 and 79, before the first record came out. And so these guys, Reggie Wells was one of the cats that was like in college. Right. And I knew that if I went to college and based um, a career in uh, communications that I would have a chance to mm -hmm. compete with all the rest of these cats that were rocking the house. Right. And so that's exactly what I did. You know, I became a speech broadcaster, chasing Reggie Wells. He was the program director of WCCR radio. That's a city college radio station. So I thought that if, if, if I got to be a radio DJ, then I could, uh, meet some people in the music industry and probably make some records right. or something like that and get some contacts and go on and record albums and um, that's exactly what happened. So at that time when you when you're in college and and you know that you know you're trying to chase Reggie around you know that's what you want to do were mm -hmm. you was it from uh, a standpoint of being an MC or being a producer where I think a lot of <laughs> folks may not know that how much you had produced as a producer. Mm -hmm. um, no, that was before production. It was straight up MC and oratory and speech. Okay. And uh, see, young Curtis Walker, I, I, I had a speech impediment. I used to stutter. Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I used to have to go to um, a therapist in elementary school, like before kindergarten. I remember going out and I used to have therapy, speech therapy for two hours a day to learn how to talk before I started going to kindergarten. And uh, look at me now. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. Curtis, Curtis got it go, go going on. Do you think... Cause I think they they always say that I, I've heard that you know um, when you stutter it it's more mental and um, you know uh, I have a nephew who kind of will do that like if he gets nervous mm -hmm. or you know uh, maybe a certain presence that's in his you know in his circumference may mm -hmm. cause him to do that. Mm -hmm. Did you find out exactly what what was it that that caused that? Well, you know, with any speech impediment. I would say that, you know, you have to uh, 
in therapy, you have to go back to your childhood and revisit those times uh, where something traumatic had happened mm-hmm. to you. And then you relive it and put it aside and overcome it. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, then <laughs> that impediment will go away. Right. Because that's the first thing you have to realize where it comes from. Understood. And it probably comes from your childhood. Somebody did something to you. Mm. Somebody dropped you. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> AM Caffeine Morning Show legendary Curtis Bowles in the building. So smooth. We're going to get to equipment. Maybe real, 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 real. Push it off for some. We got a lot to talk because, about. Because I got so much to talk about with Boom. Royalty. Royalty. Today, yes. Good. Uh, DJ Q Nice, <laughs> could you please play me a selection? AM Caffeine Morning Show. Curtis Bowles on AM Caffeine Morning Show crew. You know what to do. Q Nice. Show legendary royalty in the building, Curtis Blow. I rule the world. Yes. Golly, 
baby. <laughs> I have a couple questions about hard that notes, song. Man, hard notes. What what made you want to sing? Like, what made you uh, know to add melody to it? Oh, uh, that's that's it. That that's the whole singing rap. I was trapping before they knew. Yeah. The- <laughs> Curtis Blue <laughs> was trapping <laughs> Lauren Hill. That is hilarious, man. So that was my thing. I see, like, I always wanted to sing. I always could sing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, that became one of my things to always include a singing song. The melody. On my album, every album, my first five albums, there's a straight singing song. The first album <laughs> was a song called All I Want in This World is to Find That Girl. <laughs> and it was beautiful, a beautiful song. So here's this 19-year-old kid, a cute one, a shy one, a slim one, a sly one, a big one, a tall one. And in the all, <laughs> all I want in this world is to find that girl. I mean, I've been trying to sing my whole life. My whole life. <laughs> you know what? Lionel Richie. <laughs> Lionel Richie once said, he said, you know, rappers, rappers rap because they can't Let's sing. <laughs> but I've been trying forever. So... Um, what label were you signed to from the very beginning? Mercury. Mercury. Mercury okay. Polygram. What made you not be a part of Def Jam? Because you were you were friends with Russell Simmons, right? How come you didn't sign a Def Jam? Oh, because I was on Polygram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit of a stupid what? question, bro. Stephanie Mills. <laughs> right. Cameo Cool in the gang. Ooh. Come function. Uh, 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 what's my man, uh, now that sings now that, uh, uh, uncle, they call Snoop's uncle. Oh, Charlie, Charlie Wilson. Wilson. The Gap Band like, was my, can, oh. listen, so I was So all of those artists were on Mercury. On Mercury Polygram, dude. Right. Yes, yes. It was, it was man. going on. We had the biggest R&B section in music. Right. And it was strong. And I was down the total pole, you know. <laughs> right, especially with rap back then. Yeah, but still being on a major label and mm-hmm. being fifth or sixth down the line still was much better than being on the independent back then. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so. How how did you get to the label? Had the label heard about you? How, how did, you know, because uh, at that time, did... Mm-hmm. You understand, or did, did artists understand, okay, how do I get a record deal? Am I doing right. a demo? How do I get it to an A&R, a r president? So how did, uh, you know, with the, everything being so Well, new? we were in the studio when the Sugar Hill Gang Rapper's Delight was hot. I mean, I'm talking about the summer of 1979. Every car, every bus, every train, every cab, every boom box, every radio, every record store was playing this song 24-7, right? Mm-hmm. And... So we were in the studio doing Christmas rap, and we were feeling great. You know, yeah, it's going down. This is a new thing, hip-hop. We got a chance to make a record. I'm in my first record. So my producer, Robert Ford, went to 22 labels trying to sell this record. Christmas rap. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> On the heels of the Sugar Hill Gang. Now, everybody's listening. This is the hottest thing. But he went to 22 labels. Only two rec- two people like the record out of 22 labels. One guy. <clears throat> said he loved the record, 
went up the flagpole to give it to the vice president and president, and they said no. Mm-hmm. So this guy got so mad, he quit. He quit his job. Panorama Records. He was he was working at Panorama Records. So he quit, formed his own label, and three years la- later signed Run DMC. Wow. wow. And that was Profile. Corey Robbins at Profile Records. Wow. Now, the other guy who, who loved the record, he was an English fellow. His name uh, was an English fellow. English fellow. <laughs> and his name was John Staines. He said, oh, we can recoup this record in six months. Let's sign him up. And he just did it. A&R director out of England, London, England. So I was an international artist. I was an artist signed to England. Mm-hmm. And my records came back to America on an import. Wow. wow. So were you touring a lot in England then at that point to support him? Oh, were, did I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas rapping was number one in right. England. Yes, wow. yes. Huge record. And so um, that's when I, you know, worked the system, being it was a major label. Mm-hmm. And I knew they had, you know, major press and major offices in, in major cities all around the world. So right. I worked the system. Right. You know, I went to the publicity department and the promo department and said, send me everywhere. I'm working this. Mm-hmm. So they sent me all over the world. And I went to places like Paris and Belgium and England and Japan and all these places I've never even seen or heard of before coming out of Harlem, out of, right. out of the ghetto. I'm traveling all these places and the press is there. I go to the, to the record company, sit in the conference room, big oval table, you know, conference room, and they have, you know, press, all the newspapers and magazines and TV and radio set up all throughout the day. From 12 to 5, I'm doing interviews in every city all around the world. And it was mm. documented, the first rapper to travel to these places. How was the reception of, of the music with the audiences then, with them not being as familiar? How was the reception? Because I'm sure it was, it was new to them as well. It was great. And and I'll tell you, that was, you know, a lot of, of, of my having the experience and knowing how to rock that crowd. Mm-hmm. See, I had been an MC for about five, six years playing in, in parks and community centers and on the street corner and clubs. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm going to big clubs and big concerts, 20,000. So I'm not scared. I'm right. Not, right. You're seasoned. At this you know point. what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. seasoned. So I know how to, you know, Hollywood was my greatest, you know, hero and mm-hmm. teacher. And he was a master at the crowd response. So I became that, all that say ho and everybody scream. And, you know, if you feel good, say, oh, yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that became the norm of a hip hop concert was a crowd response. And whenever we did that, I mean, 20,000 people, everybody screamed. And everybody top and of their lungs. The Commodores coming out their dressing room to my, who's that on stage? <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, they couldn't compete with that. So that was a a, a big, big, big uh, important thing about early hip hop. Why and and how it became and why it was so successful was because of the live show. Wow. And that crowd response. So that first album, um, mm-hmm. Goes with so that to that first album it goes gold or does it, is mm-hmm. it, play, it goes gold. Mm-hmm. So you're the first rap artist to go gold. It's actually platinum now. Platinum now, of course, <laughs> right? Probably a couple times over at this point. 
But um, you know, that it was a blessing just to and and not only that, you know, I came back with another goal um follow up, which was the break. We gotta play that because that was I knew every damn word. To but this song. but the story is is that Christmas rapping didn't go gold until like four or five years later. That's a Christmas song. They right. play that every year. Right. Like right. Nat yeah, King yeah, Cole, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So thank you, radio. My hat goes out and I love you guys for that, for making it a classic for me, keeping it real. But the breaks actually was the first certified gold rap song for hip hop. Ever. Ever. Wow. And that was all documented all around the world. Man, I had to, I played the hell out of this dang vinyl, dude. I played the hell out of the break. AM Caffeine Morning Show. Breaks in a bus, breaks on the car. Breaks to make you a superstar. Breaks to win and breaks to lose. But these here breaks rock your shoes. And these are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break it up. Another man, that's the race, that's the race. And she runs off to them to Japan. That's the race, that's the race. And the IRS says they want to chat. That's the race, that's the race. And you can't explain why you claimed your cat. That's the race, that's the race. And my bell sends you a whopping bill. Lost your job. Well, these are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break it up. Throw your hands up in the sky and wave around from side to side. And if you deserve a break tonight, somebody say, all right. All right. Say, ho. Ho. You don't stop. I keep on. Somebody scream. Break down. Did you understand about the business as far as how you should be compensated? Did, did anybody teach you about mm. like the, the, the publishing? Because I'm sure at that point the record mm. company's making all this money, and you're not, I'm sure you're not getting what you were supposed to. Mm-hmm. Did you understand any of the business stamp, you know, the business aspect of it, or were you just so entrenched in being an artist? Well, you know, being a college student, I, I I like to think that, you know, most college students are fairly intelligent and they don't make the same mistakes as people who don't have a 
Patient. I would like to think that. <laughs> but um, I got ripped off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to make a long story short. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I did. I had accountants. I had lawyers. You know, I had managers. Uh, all the people that, you know, a normal artist has that are behind them. And Russell Simmons was my manager, my first manager. Uh, and we learned a lot about this business, you know, just um, just by... You know, making mistakes. Making mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we learn from those mistakes. And uh, so I know a lot about publishing now. And um, it's very, very important because nowadays it's more important than ever because this is the real way you make money now. Right. We can't sell records anymore. Right. You know, everybody's downloading everything for free. And it's just like... Your live show and your publishing is where money is. And and merchandising. Right? So, I mean, you know, I'm not angry or bitter. And, um, but um, I I, um, was very lucky to be a part of uh, a crew of people who were uh, at least decent. Right. Okay. Okay. You know, and, um, um, J.B. Moore and Robert Ford were my producers for my first five albums. And um, I learned a lot from them, you know, in production, learning how to produce and stacking tracks, layering vocals, you know, uh, beefing up tracks, making this one fat. and Right. You know, sounds and EQs and mixing and the whole nine. I learned from them. And uh, that's... uh, uh, some knowledge that uh, you know I I can give away to anyone and teach anyone now, and I just hold that dear to at my that heart. <clears throat> at that from at that point, like being an artist, um, and then understanding the production. What point was it that you started to mm-hmm. um, produce for mm-hmm. other acts? Because you, mm-hmm. Renee and Angela, like, mm-hmm. come on, dog, who does that? Yeah, that's the whole thing. See, I, I, I ran the first five albums. Like, I signed this deal. Which, it takes me back to the publishing. I signed this publishing deal where they control half of my publishing. So I was, like, frustrated. And then I said, I'm not going to write anything and let them take half. Right. So I refused to write in the first five albums. I may have written one song, an album. Wow. Right. The other stuff is all just Curtis Blow in the studio adding ad-libs, uh-huh. and I got publishing for that. Right. <clears throat> so when I got the chance after the first five albums, when I got to the fifth album, I said, okay, it's time for me to start writing and producing because I'm going to get a record deal mm-hmm. and produce myself. Right. Because that was my mission. Right. So in 1983, I produced my first song, out of a friend of mine up at Disco Fever, <laughs> our club. The club. Uh, mm-hmm. The manager at Disco Fever could rap and sing a little bit. His name was Sweet G. So I took him into the studio and made this song called Games People Play. And um, it was my sound. Mm-hmm. It was the Curtis Blow sound that I had banked on and created in those first five albums coming up. Right. You know, with the... Fender Rose and a heavy bass line and a James Brown drums mm-hmm. and the guitar was James. You know that that that's that funk, and so um, that song became 
such a hot song. It was like, wow. It was number one on all three radio stations in New York and it stayed hot for about six months. And then I also had another song I produced on, uh, I wrote on that album. The last album was called Daydreaming, a singing song. So I had the number one song and number two song in New York City. Mm -hmm. And then I ran it to the Fat Boys. Uh, they won the contest at Radio City Music Hall, the rap contest. And uh, they put out a song called The Disco 3. And uh, it flopped. So they called me in as a hot producer. And I said, wow, you guys are kind of heavy on the heavy side. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I should make a record about fat boys. Right, right. And, and, and how much food did you like? Right. All you can eat. Oh, yeah. All so, 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 right. we put out the Fat Boys, and that's how they started. And then here comes Run, Run DMC, you know, the son of Curtis Blow. And then, man, Lovebug Starsky, uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, uh, Wyclef John. I produced uh, three demos on them, and uh, they were in a group. I met Wyclef John when he was 15. Wow. wow. And what, and Whoa. what, and, and, uh, he was in a group called the rap translators. And the, and the thing about these group, this group is, is, is I remember why Clef, he like shocked me. Cause this little kid, 15 years old could rap in four different languages. He can mm -hmm. rap in Spanish, French, Creole, and English. Right. And I was like, wow, rap translator. Right. Right. So we did a couple of demos and then three years later, that that they took those demos and got the deal for the Fuji's. For the Fuji's, and uh, that's how the Fuji's got started. So wow, that's like wow. my family, Lauren Hill, and then of course Nas. You know, that's why they did the "If I Rule the World" right over and everything. So, so how was those policy checks? Big, <laughs> <laughs> very nice. <laughs> when did very you nice. first hear that they were uh, that Nas and, and uh, Lauren had did that? How did that come to you? That um, they were doing that song. Well, during that time, they would send you in the mail um, um, a rendition of the song, and they sent me a cassette tape. So I took the cassette tape and put it in my car and went to listen. I heard Lauren Hill right. singing my hook. Uh -huh. <laughs> listen, I sat in my car for like two hours, rewinding, wow. going back and forth, listening to, to the lyrics like, where's this? Who the hell is this kid? Right. Nas. Imagine smoking weed in the streets without cops harassing. Right. <laughs> Imagine going to court with no trial. Lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? This guy was rapping some real. I mean, I sat there for two hours. I called Sony. I said, listen, you guys better put a million dollars into the promotion for this song right here. This is going to go. This is going to be huge for this kid. And I believe in it. It's going to go number one. And then that's exactly what it did. Wow. Speaking of big checks, publishing checks, and sampling, you know, I don't know if a lot of folks know that the R&B group Next mm -hmm. sampled Christmas rapping. Wow, that's uh -huh. crazy, Doc. I just saw them at your club. Remember the last time? Yeah, you saw them. Actually, you took a picture with Tweet. Right. And, uh, Right. Well, it was it was Tilo was there too, I believe. It was, right. Yeah. Was it the unsung? No, no, no. It was it was like at rooftop and yeah. they were oh, there. Wow. Oh, okay. I remember, I remember. I remember. Yeah. Right. We were hanging out. Yeah. Definitely. How crazy is that? And I can I remember tweet saying that 
you know, you came up to uh, to one of the members during that time and you thanked him. You're like, man, <laughs> them checks right there. <laughs> they said Curtis was so cool that you, you know, you like, man, you guys did, did 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 right by my sample. You know, did right by my song. Yeah, that was the first time that like somebody did one of my songs over and I actually got a check. Right, like, <laughs> right. Personally, it came to my house. Right. Like $21,000. You're like, whoa, I need uh, that. I went and bought a car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the next check came, I bought a refrigerator. <laughs> next check, man, I was buying stuff. <laughs> I was happy. <laughs> Thank you, next. Right. What's, what's next, next? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious, man. That was nice. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's time for the AM Caffeine Morning Show. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the... Hold it, now wait, hold it. That's played out. Hit it! You give me all that jive about things you wrote before eyes alive. Cause this ain't 1823, ain't even 1970. Now I'm the guy named Curtis Blow, and Christmas is one thing I know. So every year, just about this time, I celebrate it with a rhyme. Gonna shake it, gonna bake it, gonna make it good. Gonna rock, shock, rock it through your neighborhood. Gonna ring, gonna sing it till it's understood. My rap about to happen like a knee. career that not saying that you because you still do shows and you still are in the public and I'm sure you still record mm-hmm. but it had, was there a time you know you're like you felt maybe it, it took its course for you and you kind of wanted to do other things because I know you were into radio you know you're a radio personality for a while did you ever get get sick of the the rapping part of it was business like it is there a, a, a certain point in oh, your career? Oh, yeah. The, 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 the time when Napster really started going wild and people stopped paying for music and they started downloading and stealing, I was like so against that. Oh, how could you just take other people's music? You know, that's not fair. And then, uh, wow. 
wow, I just saw the music industry. And as, as a matter of fact, my son, Curtis Blow Jr., had, we were recording an album. He got caught up in that whole Napster thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, his career took a hit because of that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who tried to come out after that, it was like, it was hard to sell records. Right. So I, that was, it was during that time that I actually started getting into film mm-hmm. and um, videos and, and, and um, uh, editing film and music videos and stuff like that and started, uh, you know, reaching out for other areas. Right. Of, of, uh, but hip-hop is always going to be a part of my life, you know. It's, it's right there in my heart with my family and God and, and all of that. And um, I'll never give it up. I'll never stop rapping. I'll never yeah. stop b-boying. Yeah. I'll never man, stop DJing. Hey, let me tell you, man, Curtis Blow, if, if you see Curtis Blow on stage in a show, Curtis will will start up rocking. He will start break dancing to this damn day. That's right. That's how I started. That's how I'm going to finish. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So 2016, 2017, Curtis, I yes. know that, um, I don't know, if, uh, I'm sure folks that are listening to the AM Caffeine Morning Show um, got a chance to see the Netflix show, mm. The Get Down. Get Down. Mm. Your actual, so did they come to you for, you are a producer mm-hmm. on that? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you were involved in it from the very beginning? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, the get down is Damn. no joke. The get no down joke. is so dope. So dope. It, so really, dope. it really represents that time period of the 70s, like the mid-70s, and, 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 and how the Bronx and Harlem was, and, and just the decor, and the clothes that they were wearing, and and just the mannerisms and everything was was so on point. I remember I was doing one scene, the scene in the alley, when um, they were partying in the alley. It was like an underground party, and I think Cowboy was rapping. Yeah, 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 yeah. I gave him all those lines and the crowd response and all of that stuff, but my whole thing was to get the crowd to believe that this is 1977. Right. Right. And after making that speech to them and all the young people, they just, I mean, their eyes lit up. And when the camera started rolling, you, I felt like it was 1977 for real because mm-hmm. they, they just partied and it just seemed the vibe was just like, wow. This is real. This is really, really real. And um, so my hat goes off to Boz and Nas and, and and Flash. And how dope is that full circle that Nas is, is you know, um, right. you're working with yeah. him again in that capacity. And he, you know, each episode started out with, you know, that was Nas rhyming in, right. in every episode. So that, that was really, really dope. And shout out who whoever played Grandmaster Flash. He was dope. That actor right. was dope. Like, right. what you're looking at him... And you're like, yo, that looks like Flash, like, it, and it's just his mannerisms. And I thought he, I thought he did a great job as if the mannerisms came from Flash himself, right, mm-hmm. right, you know. And um, yeah, that 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 cool Herc guy, he was, was pretty, good. He, he was, was really good, good too. too. Yeah. I gave he him was, all his lines. No, he too. was really good too. And uh, um, yeah, working with 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 the lead guy Zeke, 
you know, he's a really good rhymer. And um, Who, so is and the, the young kid too. So the 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 hmm? lead character that played um, what's my? He was always doing karate and stuff. I thought he was so great. <laughs> oh um, no, you talking about Shaolin? Shaolin, Shaolin, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. He killed that role, and I became a fan of. He's a b boy. You know? yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I became yeah. a fan of, mm-hmm. of him, man. And I, I thought that the show was really done well. Is it coming back? Do you know what was going on? I think they're going to do another season. Yeah. yeah. Because I think That's I heard I they heard. were saying yeah. that. Was, I heard that. It, I mean, the response everyone loved. It. I think I heard that it was expensive to do. Yeah, they got a hundred million. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Curtis, let me hold something. They, they didn't give me a, nah, man, a hundred million. They should have gave me at least a million. At least, that's the least they could have done. So what else do you have going on now, Kurt? Well, I'm into the telecommunications business right now. I have okay. my very own cell phone network. Wow. Right. Is, this, is this like the Obama phone? Like what? what? Yes, sir. It's called Hip Hop Global Mobile. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hip Hop like Global Mobile. And, and explain it. And it's uh, a regular cell phone network like like Boost Mobile or okay. Metro PCS or any one of them. Right. And what it is is that we give you great savings. Like you can get, our plan start at $20, $30, $40, $50. Family plan $160 for five lines and and unlimited everything, you know. So we're right there with all the competition. But the whole thing about this thing is, you know, it's for the people and it's by the people. We know that the cell phone is the hottest commodity right now. Indeed. Right. We know that hip-hop is the hottest commodity. Indeed. For years. We live in a hip-hop generation. If you put the two together, it's a win-win situation. So we have music streaming coming where a person can just get free music streaming. We also have a mobile wallet. It's a banking system. You can take control of your money and send money all around the world to your family, friends, anybody. If, if you're Mexico and you got family in Mexico, you know, you can send money to them without paying the, the fees. The fees, right. You know, and, and you can do obviously all this through, through everything. It's just yeah. all through your phone. Yeah. Question: all Does this. it come with uh, Curtis Blow ringtones? Does do I get that free too? Does you that, get all hey, that free. Oh, yes. I need that free. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, if you want to learn more about it, go to hiphopglobalmobile.com. It's up and coming, brand new network with new technology. We work with four major carriers. Okay. No cell phone industry. No cell phone network does that. We're the only one that works with four major carriers. So in your number keep the same number. I was going to ask you that so if I'm with T-Mobile now I can keep my same number switch over to this and we're all good yes definitely so if that's the case here's what I want to be able to do and I, I don't know if you can make this happen but I want to be able to call Big Daddy Kane Rock Cam like I need those numbers stored <laughs> in your phone right? in my phone <laughs> for Hip Hop Global Mobile right. I need to need be that. able to get in contact with legends at any time <laughs> That's a we should great, try. We should try great. that feature. That'd be hot, though. That's incredible. I yeah. need thirty <laughs> percent. <laughs> um. So hip hop, oh, hip hop global mobile. Um, like you said, hip hop global mobile dot com. You know, we also have jobs 
for people. This is another great thing. Oh. We're looking for dealers and agents and master agents all to be a part of this thing. So uh, to help spread me, the word and all that. No, to actually make commissions. We pay the highest commissions in the industry. We're a brand new company with revolutionary technology that enables us to use the towers of the major carriers. Right. So we buy this time from them and wholesale and sell it back to the people at a fraction of the profit, less than the profit that they make. We make less money, but we give the people the opportunity to save money. Right. So this is why we can't compete. So and 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 so we have job openings for people to make some legitimate money. Money. All right. I know it's a new year and we all are starving out there. You so ain't just a lot about I was about to start with Uber, but now I'm about to Hey, hip hop global mobile at gmail.com. Okay. Email me your information or whatever and I'll get back to you. Hip hop global mobile at gmail.com. Um <laughs> Kurt, are you still in the ministry? What's going on? Because I once you had, I definitely want to talk about that. Because I know you had a church or at one time. Yeah, out here, West Coast too. Right, hip hop church. Right. Yes, we have several locations. As a matter of fact, hip hop church. So was the deacons breakdancing? What was going on? Hey, listen, there are about sixty or seventy hip hop churches around this country. Right. This is a big ministry, and Mm. it's a youth musical ministry, and. The sermons are, 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 are gully, yeah, right. Definitely. <laughs> gully, you know what I'm saying? You know, we have we have sermons like the preacher will preach. You know, it ain't all about those Benjis, right? <laughs> or holla at your boy <laughs> and you looking know? up. Yeah. See, and 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 the kids relate. So, you know, it's definitely something. There's no uh, dress code. You can wear your sneakers, your jeans, your hats backwards. It doesn't matter. God ain't worried about what's on your back and what's on your feet. He's What's in your heart? It's in your heart. So that's our thing. The hip hop church all around. I just want to shout out Miss Sharon Collins Head, who's running the hip hop church over here on the West Coast. Where's it at in LA? Over there on uh, forty nine twenty one Florence. Okay, we're on Florence Avenue, down in the hood. It's in LA. Okay, yeah, down mm-hmm. in LA. And uh, uh, you can go to hiphopchurch.com or even hiphopchurchglobal.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. And are you pre- are you are you still preaching? You oh, still? I am an ordained, licensed minister of the Gospels of my Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. What was the, how long was it, did it take for you to become ordained? Like, what was that, what's that process? Well, um, my bishop actually made it happen. It's just like a, a, a service. Or right. Ordination, you know, it takes about an hour. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> I was kind of scared, you know, like like the old old kings and queens. They have the big sword and they put it on your <laughs> shoulder. On your shoulder. Knight you, man, he go put out a sword. I was like, oh, oh, Bishop, oh, what dang. you trying to do here? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, that that's the thing, man. It, you know, just just um, I went to school. Okay. Also went back to college a second time and. Um, <clears throat> majored in theology, theology. Mm-hmm. pastoral ministry, urban ministry, all of that stuff. History, big on history. AM Caffeine Morning Show, Smooth D, Man. DJ Q Nice. Do you understand who we had in the building Man. today, dude? Honor. Such an honor. Um, once again, Curtis Blow, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the AM Caffeine Morning Show, but most importantly, you're alive. 
healthy, mm. looking yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. That's what Thank you. Yes. That's really all about. Hey, Curtis, are you on Twitter and all that? Because you got your yes. uh, your mobile, your hip hop mobile phone. So what's Curtis happening? Blow One, the number one, okay. or, or Instagram Curtis Blow One Hundred, um, and I have my uh, website KurtBlow.com. Blow.com. There it is. All right, Dana Dane, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, oh, I have to ask this question real quick. Curtis, you're from New York, and having a Jerry Curl was such a West Coast thing. Uh. What made you get a curl in New York? <laughs> that is That's so a random. good question. I had a friend who um he was just he had a curl. And he was an older cat. He was like one of my buddies I went to college with, they took me under my wing, under their wing. And um, so he got a jerry curl. And I said, wow, man, what's up with that, man? What's the hair <laughs> doing, man? The curls get the girls. Right, right. So I said, where's your hairdresser? Hook <laughs> <laughs> me up when it Don't get my hair did. Yeah. I always wondered that because it's just, you know, I used to go to New York. I'm actually, I moved from New York to California at a young age. Mm-hmm. But I would always go back in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And I'd go with my curl, and folks would be like, it looked, it was kind of foreign. Like, what's up with that curl? So I just always found it, <laughs> just, I always just wondered, like, how did Curtis get, well, I, I mean, of course, you're Curtis Bro, but how the hell he get away with a curl like that? And your joint was like, you should have been ready for the world. Your, your <laughs> stuff was moving. Yeah, it was popping. <laughs> Plus, you wanted to sing. Yeah. You should have put you in there with that around in there. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Troop from Pasadena. Yay! AM Caffeine Morning Show. <laughs> Great show. Thank you to Curtis Blow. You know you can listen to the AM Caffeine Morning Show every Wednesday and Friday starting at 6 a.m. Go to amcaffeine.com for all your stations, yep. your listings, and your time. Once again, Curtis Blow, Royal yes. Team. Thank pleasure. you so much. Yes. AM My Caffeine pleasure. Morning Show. We'll see you next week. You guys enjoy your day. We out of here. Peace. <laughs>
Magic Bird and Bernard Kane. And number 33, my man Kareem is the center of my stalling team.